College football. It feels like it's become an American staple, surpassing baseball, maybe NBA basketball, beneath NFL football, but definitely has the hearts and minds of many people in America, specifically because it's the alma mater of people, or it's the wannabe alma mater of people. And it, en- it enthralls us from this first Saturdays in August until the beginning of January. It takes us straight into the new year where we look at the potential of young 18, 19-year-old guys ascending to stardom, ascending to glory that this may be it. This may be the last moment where you can do the last pure athletic thing on the highest level of competition. On today's podcast, we're bringing in guys that are fans of football in general. So these guys love the pro game and they love the amateur college game. And at first, I, got, I have Al. He's an alumnus of the University of South Carolina. He's a Gamecock fan. He's also a Dolphins fan. I have Jay, who's next. Jay is an alumnus of App State, a fan of App State football. And he's also a Carolina Panthers fan. And then finally, we have Matt. He's an alumnus of the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. But he's also a University of North Carolina football fan. And he's a Panthers fan. These guys are going to bring their best to this conversation. And I look forward to doing it. Let's go. I wanted to uh, take a quick, quick time to kind of cover some stuff that is worth discussing, right? And uh, I feel like podcasting is like the the, the actual digital um, social media in a different sense. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like it's not, it's not empty where I can say crazy stuff and nobody can come back at me. Like they coming back at me and they have to think. Yeah. Because uh, like uh, Matt, Matt is a coach from um, he, he coaches at a high school and um, and uh, North and Charlotte and knowing Cabarrus County. I think he's in Cabarrus right. County. He is in Cabarrus uh, County. Yes, he's in Cabarrus County. He's a, a football coach. And I, I, I thought and I, I think I don't know. Are you a North Car- a, a Carolina fan? I'm glad for me. Said, I'm glad you dropped the Carolina the North off of that because that's we, we talked about it. Yeah, Carolina, correct. Well, it's interesting. My other friend <laughs> Al is uh, he and I both. I went to South Carolina my first year in college, and in South Carolina they call it Carolina. So that's just a discussion in itself, right? And Jay went to App, but I know basketball wise, Jay is a, a Tar Heel. I am. So it, I, but I also I've read Jay is 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 going to be like the the Stuart Scott part two but he's gonna be jay boyd so he won't be stewart scott some he'll be jay but he'll be like man he feels like stewart because the the dude's good like i follow jay on twitter and he 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 has solid commentaries like i watched when you were uh comment during basketball season and football season and you're you're in tune with it so i think that that's clearly what your passion is so i wanted to make sure you you were on this as well i appreciate that so um, I got two quick topics. Um, my, my, my boy Al, from who's a, a Gamecock, uh, he'll have obviously an SEC bias and a um, South Carolina bias as well. Um, he will uh, be coming in in about five minutes. He said he's, he's on his way home. But uh, the, the two t- um, questions are, uh, is college football superior, a superior product uh, overall compared to the NFL? And then um, the value of preseason polls. I have opinions on both. But I think uh, I want to hear guys that, one, like Jay is uh, a graduate at App State and, then, and a team that rose into the legitimacy in Division One football. And I know Matt is a high school coach, so he puts guys into college and also out, probably has a, a college affiliation. So I feel like these are discussions that are worthy of having, first, about the experience, but second, about polls, because I have a I don't know if it's strong, but I have a, an opinion specifically about that as well. So, um, so if anybody wants to field that first question of which experience is superior, the collegiate experience overall or the NFL experience? And when I say that, I mean is the st- I include the stadium experience inside and outside, the game product itself, like competitiveness, quality, and the post-game experience. 
Okay. Um, for me, the, I, don't, I don't have a ton of experience. You know, since since Charlotte didn't have football when we were there, um, my college football actually I, I went to more App State games uh, when I was in college than anything else because I had some buddies there. I was actually at the first national championship game, um, and I always enjoyed those. Um, I feel like, you know, if if they had been there. Uh, when I was at Charlotte, obviously, you know that's that that makes it a little more of a football atmosphere, even though they're not not yet current, uh, a, a great football school. Um, moving in the right direction, but not but not there yet. Um, and, and so, atmosphere wise, you, you probably get a, a more on average lively crowd, I think, in a, in a college stadium than you than you do in a pro stadium, with the exception of. Like like a Seattle, um, who's who's pretty famous for how rowdy their crowd gets, um, or like a you know a, a, a playoff game, like a home playoff game. Obviously, you're going to have a pretty just because the stadiums on average are bigger, even though the biggest college stadiums are bigger than the pro stadiums. You know, what I mean? right? So I think on average, college probably a little more lively, but the the NFL might have a higher ceiling for, for okay individual games, if that makes sense. Yes. And okay. Jake? I don't know. That's kind of a tough one. Um, I would probably lean um, in the college direction just because I feel like there's some regionalism there that NFL can't always tap into. Um, of course, being from the Charlotte area, we've always been – my mom went to Carolina, so we were always Big Hills fans growing up. And then the Panthers were right there, so we always cheered for the Panthers. But even – with that being the case, I always felt like the regionalism of being a Carolina fan in a state with Carolina and Duke and NC State and then becoming a part of the App State family, that regionalism is so strong because even if you're not affiliated with those universities, like I'm still in Boone to this day, and the people around here that feel so um, so empowered by what App State does on a football field is so insane to me. Because there's so many Floridians here that are went to FSU, went to University of Florida, even some a lot of big UCF fans, and even they can become involved in the football atmosphere that Boone can bring to Appalachian State in that university. So I would probably have to lean that as far as a passion, a college football passion is might be unmatched by any sport. And, and I think it's interesting because uh, I, I I was fortunate to go to an SEC school and then I went to a university that didn't have uh, football, but I did go to plenty of – I've gone to ACC games too. And one of the things that I noticed is just that the reason I personally think the college experience is better is because there there's – there's what Jay said, the, uh, re, the sort of the regionalism of it, but the, it's the experience where you don't actually have to go inside the game to feel it. Like tailgating a, at a college football game is, it's to me, it's incomparable to anything I've been to. It's, I've been to a tailgate where I didn't even want to go in the game because the tailgate was so good. And th- this, this accounts for uh, at Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia, but I also went to Rutgers, New Jersey, uh, for, well, uh, and I went to a Rutgers game and it was insane just the environment that was there and I, I just I thought it was amazing because uh, Matt mentioned something that I thought was really amazing uh, I got a, a, a friend uh, Coach Garner over um, well I don't I think he's at Huss now and he uh, is a huge Seattle Seahawks fan and I went with him to a Panthers game but they were playing the Seahawks it was the year the Seahawks won the Super Bowl as a matter of fact and the Seahawks the 12th man had a tailgate that tailgate was on par with the college tailgate but I think it goes with what Matt said about just sort of the the way the fans of Seattle function you agree or no uh, yeah I think that's part of it um I think the tailgate is is a huge part of it and that can the the variance in tailgates like the the, the Carolina games I've gone to the tailgates I, I'll you know, some of my walk paths were very kind of that, that wine and cheese crowd. In your 50s, that's probably right. Um, whereas you're, you're a college kid, you're in your 20s, and, and, and probably not. Um, 
I've, I've had the experience a couple times. A buddy of mine um, played at Pitt and, and was an All-American, played in the NFL for a little bit, and we coached together. So anytime Pitt would come down to play at Chapel Hill, we would go to the game. And so I got to kind of tag along with him, even though it's like, so I'd be the only guy at like a pit tailgate, like a, like legit, pretty, pretty badass, like alumni tailgate, but I'm in like Carolina gear. You know what I mean? Um, We're, always friendly and stuff, but, but definitely a good time. Um, so yeah, I think that it, the, the college tailgate probably is better, right? Especially, you know, I guess it kind of varies. You, it's, it's cheaper to, it's definitely cheaper to go to a college game, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and, and I think that factors in. You're, you're, that gets you a little more of like a, 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 a blue collar crowd, I guess, if you want to word it that way. Dude, right. And, uh, be a little rowdier than your wine and cheese crowd. And, and Jay, I want to ask you a question because I think it, it's valid. Like, uh, as, since, since you're not too far removed from the college tailgate, college football lifestyle, I remember my tailgates when I was in university and when I left. And they were different, but the, the experience in a tailgate as a student was like second to none. Was that your experience as well? Oh, for sure. The game day as a whole um, app is very prideful about their football team and the university and the community has definitely hopped along that. So a game day around here, you can feel it. I think that definitely um, provides something for the college crowd and the college product. You can't feel it as much at an NFL game. I've been to plenty of Panthers games. And I pull up 30 minutes before the game and go sit in my seat and watch the game and go home. But for a college game, it's an all-day experience. You go tailgate that morning, go hang out with your friends, see what they're up to, maybe grab a couple of burgers off of somebody's grill. And then we're all walking to the stadium together. We're pumped to see our team play. And then we yell for three hours and go home and and talk about the game some more. Like, it's an all-day experience. So I think – yeah, there's definitely something to add about that tailgating experience and there being like an atmosphere to a football game in college that NFL might not be able to compete with. Right. And and so uh, my buddy Al jumped on. Uh, I'm letting him jump in and uh, with the question of which which experience is a superior overall experience, uh, the, the college football uh, whole game experience or the NFL dealing with stadium experience inside and out, the game product itself, the game the competitiveness, the quality in the post game. So, Al, you can go ahead and jump in. I, I, I shared a little bit of what the bias you may have, but I'd let you speak for yourself. Oh, I wouldn't have any bias, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I go to a lot of NFL games. I've gone to a lot with Louie uh, when his cousin played. And, of course, I'm a season ticket holder for college as well. And My preference would be college. It seems like the tailgating atmosphere, the in-game experience, when you go to a – college stadium, especially an SEC stadium, which I've been to like almost all the SEC stadiums. And when compared to when you go to a Panther game and you have fans behind you getting upset that you're standing up and cheering. Yeah, I think that's something that they're that, that taking account too, because I, I feel like all you guys have probably been to a pro game. And uh, do you think that the program, the pro game, the, the crowd at least is more constrained as far as like sort of the excitement factor that they're, uh, that they show? Anybody can start. Oh, absolutely. If you're not like a 10-year-old kid trying to get your cam jersey signed, the fans at an NFL game do not want you to make any noise whatsoever. They are so concerned about being able to see every angle of the field and being able to hear every corny song that comes over the speakers. There is definitely a, a different fan experience at an NFL game. I don't think they want half as much passion in those stands as the fans at a college game do. Even if you're um, a 50-year-old alumni at a college game, it seems like they're always down to get rowdy. Oh, yeah. Just speaking from my college experience. Anybody else or no? Yeah, I think um, so you, you must have better proceeds than I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most of it, it really, like, it's, it's kind of tough. Um, like I said, I've been to, to Carolina games. I've never been to South Carolina games. Um, that was just a dig. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it, it's been my experience. It's 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 funny. You know, college games are more consistently high energy. I think part of that too is the the overall age of the crowd. Like I'm I'm 33, so I'm I'm not an old guy by any means, but I definitely can't. 
I don't see me anymore. Like I've, I've been at college games where I did stand for three hours and yell. And like the, the idea of doing that now is like, man, I don't know that I would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> like to be honest, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm soft. I don't know. Um, but the, the he, he's right. As far as the pro crowd goes, like if you're trying to get like, I'd like to say that I'm, I'm, I'm at least a, a relatively decent heckler and like trying to get like chance started and stuff at a pro game. It's kind of tough. Whereas in a, in a student section, if it's a decent chant, you got some support. Absolutely. Yeah. The, one of the things that uh, I think matters is uh, the, the, the competitive competitiveness of the game. And I think that matters because in the NFL game, I really feel like you really don't know what you're going to get when the teams step out on the field. But I feel like there's a greater. If, for instance, if you're going to an app game or if you're going to a Gamecock game, I think you know what you're going to get specifically based on um, knowing who the opponent is, right? So you, you cut out on me a little bit right there. So I'm, I, I, I imagine it was a very good comment or question, but could you repeat it? Oh. No, well, I was saying, well, um, I think that the, as far as the, the quality of the game, like normally when you're going to a game, you know what you're going to get in college. Like if, if South Carolina is about to get, if, if the, play the, the Saints, you, you may or may not know. And I feel like there's, there's sort of a, an ambiguity that exists in the pro game that's different than the um, college game. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely a closer slate of games weekly in the NFL than there is in college. Even when you're in conference play, you know there are a couple of teams in your conference that aren't going to give you too much of a fight. App State plays in the Sun Belt. So in our last couple of years here, we've been pretty dominant. And we've been the three bowl games while I've been here. The first year we weren't eligible to go. But um, in those three years, we pretty much knew on a weekly basis, unless we're playing Georgia Southern, who's our rival, Arkansas State, who's consistently good, or um, one, of the, one of the other few teams in the Sun Belt who can compete on a regular basis. We probably got us a blowout in here. So we're probably just going to have fun at this game and go home uh, halfway through the fourth. Yeah, I agree. I think that each time you, you step up a level of competitiveness, you know, the, the, there's a lot more parity. Um, as a guy who's coached on plenty of high school teams uh, that, that I've had a pretty good idea what the result was going to be before kickoff, uh, <laughs> not often in our favor. Uh, <laughs> you, you do, and if you look at, like, like the spreads in Vegas, right, a double-digit or 20-point spread in college is not uncommon. It's never happened in the NFL, right? Um or if it has, it's, you know, to hit 20 points, that's, what, two or three times in history, maybe? Um, so that the NFL, you're going to get a more consistent, competitive right. product. Whereas, you know, college, you, you know, here, here you go, um, you know, for apps that you, for every one app beat Michigan, right, which was awesome, um, you have, you know, Clemson blowing out, right, the, right <laughs> a, a dozen times. So it's, now, it's 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 a lot. Right, and, and so, but that, that for me that. Oh, go ahead. But yeah, well, people. That's the other thing too, though, right? Um, if you but, have a game, Al, did you have? If you oh, have an NFL game that ends, you know, seventeen fourteen, it was a tight game, but people were probably like, "Oh, there weren't many points." Whereas if you have a college game that's forty-two to seven, it's a blowout, but people you know, had a blast because it was just touchdowns on touchdowns on touchdowns, right? I think people would rather see a track meet. But it, for me, I think the question is – and um, at... Right, right. And so for me, my question is, is that wouldn't you think that knowing a game is going to be more competitive would bring more juices out of a out of which the side are you on? Are you, or, uh, which side of the blowout are you on? Well, well, I don't mean blowout. I mean like in a tight game. So, for instance, if you know college football games are going to be blowouts, but the energy is much higher there, and you go to an NFL game and you're you're sort of like biting your fingernails, you would 
it, for me, logic says that that would be a more exciting game because you don't know the outcome. So you would have a little more energy. But it doesn't seem that happens that yeah, way. It seems well, to happen in the, if, the if reverse you're a way. fan of a team that's going to compete for a national championship, one loss devastates your season. Whereas if you're a team that's competing for a Super Bowl, you could lose four or five games in a season and it's not the end of the world, right? So a, a one loss isn't as punishing. Which I know, I know, will lead into another topic, and we'll get to that. But, um, yeah. But so I think that as far as like you know, like yes. biting your fingernails and being nervous, um, if if you're a, a Clemson or an Alabama or an Ohio State or somebody, where that that one loss really can potentially be make or break for you and have a shot to get to the playoffs, yeah, that's that puts you on a little more pins and needles, even if you're expecting to win by thirty. Yeah, there's definitely some truth to that because right. even when so the Panthers it, went out. Um, J- yeah, when the Panthers went um, 15 and 1, 15, that might have been the most stressful season of football I can remember watching in my, in my life. 15 and 1 for that Panthers team, and they were not blowing teams out. Those were close games for the majority of them. That was super stressful. So I think maybe that can um, be said for the majority of the fans in the stadium that, of course, you expect to compete and uh, compete at a high level. But since it's not as easy as it is at the college level in the NFL, there's some nervousness there in that stadium. So you think people take the games and anybody can answer. Do you think the people take the games in the NFL more seriously than college games? I'd say more serious in college. Did, did, yeah, I mean, the fans anyway. Really? I, I've, been, I've been to a Kentucky Stadium and seen, okay, you know, that, fans pull their pants down saying, saying you know, suck these. <laughs> I've been to uh, LSU and seeing two-year-old little girls jumping around yelling tiger bait. And I've seen Ole Miss fans, you know, 50-year-old men crying after the game. I mean, I think, you know, I think when it comes to fan bases, you're not going to see NFL fans acting like the college fan bases, the ones that take it serious anyway. Like, you know, when you just compare apples, apples to apples. That's fair enough. And that, so that kind of does lead me into the next point that I had that uh, Matt alluded to. The second part was about preseason polls. And so I did some research and – report that uh, Bleacher Report did, and it said over the past 10 years that uh, that twice, two times, the teams that were um, ranked number one and two finished, went wire to wire number one and two. But the, uh, the polls actually showed that about six and the bowl game wins correctly. And so I asked that because the top five of the 2019 preseason poll is number one Clemson, number two, Alabama, number three, Georgia, number four, Oklahoma, and number five, Ohio State. Now, I don't follow college football as much as I did in the past, but I, um, based on the last year's polls, it looks like they're just kind of mimicking what happened last year. How accurate do you think the polls are? And second, do you think the polls have a value? Because my opinion is I think the polls actually die, kind of dilute the game a little bit at the beginning or sensationalize it, actually, is a more correct word. Yeah, I don't think they should even rank the teams until at least four or five weeks into the season. Yeah, that's that's kind of the boat I'm in. And I, I would guess, and I, I've, I've not crunched any numbers on this, but I'm guessing that if you look at, like, the top 25, I bet the, like the, the top 10-ish teams at the beginning of the season don't change a whole lot. Whereas, you know, 11 through 25, you probably do have a, have a lot of shifting there because it's not clear it's not clear cut who the best teams are. And, you know, you get you get a key injury here or there, you know, a couple teams catch some breaks. Um, and so you have some shifting at the bottom. You don't have a ton of shifting at the top, except for the fact that one one loss, again, tends to drop somebody eight spots, which is, is kind of wild. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think preseason polls, if, if anything – 
is, is you don't have to be good as long as somebody thinks you're good. Because then if, if they think you're good, a loss isn't as punishing. I mean, look at, look at UCF, right? I, I know they don't play a, a, a super difficult schedule, but if they go wire to wire undefeated, it, it doesn't matter because, you know, the, the voters don't think they're good enough to, to be considered that even without a, without a loss. Right. Um, so then you, you get these guys who aren't ranked as high and it doesn't matter. So they literally almost at the beginning of the season, it does not matter what they do. They don't have a shot. Right. And I, I, Jay, do you have one? Because I know you being an app state alumnus, you can probably directly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't really, I'm kind of with these guys. I don't really think that there's much need for a preseason poll, especially as early as now. And, and uh, the ones that come out like directly after the national championship, like the way too early polls that are like mid January, they're trying to tell me who's going to be the week, the week one, number one, don't really care for those polls, but I do think something that's added some level of excitement to the college football system is the college football playoff with it only being four teams. They have their own ranking system. So, of course, there's always going to be the AP poll that everybody goes off of and the coaches poll that everybody likes to look at. And those come out as preseason polls along with, like, ESPN and Bleacher Report and whoever else decides to do one. But the college football playoff poll actually doesn't begin until week six. So that's like the TV show that they do on ESPN every um, week after this, the sixth week of the season because it's like the – the halfway point of the college football season where they'll start giving the rankings one through 25 who the college football committee thinks is the best 25 teams in the country after that week. So then I think I do like that poll. I mean, it tells me at least a little bit what um, the committee is looking at as far as putting somebody in a college football playoff. And of course the last couple of years, there's been some controversy as that last season comes up. Because the week before, that's, of course, the most anticipated poll other than the week before bowl games begin because you're trying to figure out who's going to which bowl and which teams are going to play for a national championship. And teams have been upset, you know, that the Big Ten hasn't been getting their spot in the championship. And I definitely agree with Matt's point that that top 10 is pretty consistent. That top 10 teams – if we were to bracket them and then 11 through 25, I think that top 10 would stay pretty close to the top, if not just a little bit of shifting. And then 11 through 25, there might be seven other teams that are thrown in those spots before the end of the year comes. But, yeah, that, that poll that college football playoff does is, is pretty good. You know, a thing that I found really interesting, and uh, Al and I uh, had, have had conversations about this in the past. I remember uh, the couple of years that South Carolina was basically living in the top 10 with when they had Jadavion Clowney and Lattimore. And I felt like if they waited until maybe week five or whenever conference play opened and started ranking teams then, I think they would have gotten a more accurate poll. And so my preference actually is to wait until conference play starts because I think conference play really, really matters in, in the polling. But I think the motivation behind having the, the polls this early, it, 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 do you think that what, – what, what do you think is the rationale behind having these? Oh, it's, it's driven by, by clicks, right, like everything is now. It's, if you get – if you get clicks on your website, you can sell ads. And if you put polls out, people want to read it because people want football 365. Pretty much. Very true. Very true. Hey, Al, do you have anything? Oh, okay. Jay, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, oh, no. if, you, if you scroll your social media timeline, you know, how often do you see like, oh, you know, 60 days till football, 30 days till football, one week till football. You know, it's, it's people are ready for it. Great. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with all of that because, like, me looking at Alabama. Jay, did you have anything or no? Oh, no, I was just agreeing with those guys for sure. It's definitely for clicks. I mean, we tried to do um, – I worked on campus trying to do some one-on-one interviews with athletes on App State's campus, and that was one thing that we were really big on, trying to preview the season and trying to preview upcoming games and stuff like – previews and and polls they just give us something to talk about during the day of the season it lets us have this conversation yep 
And, and oh, I was saying I agree with, with right. everything y'all are saying. You know, like the clicks on the website, the same thing with ESPN. Right now, the thing is Alabama Clemson number four, however many times they played in the playoffs. So they're pushing Alabama and Clemson on ESPN every day. I mean, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But but doesn't that kind of cheat? Doesn't that kind of cheat? We talking Alabama Clemson and say both teams lose a game because they've been put so high in the echelon and in the minds of people that they're going to try to find a way to make sure they get into that top four, even if they have losses. The perfect example is Ohio State, and they're – I don't want to use – about wanting to get into the playoff. And when they do play, they get, like, smacked in the face. So I, I feel like that matters, right? And Hear me, or I don't. I don't know if my uh, it broke, it broke up, cut out or not. Yeah, it cut out. Oh, okay. I was saying. Um, I think that the the other teams may should and maybe foot should feel slighted or feel like a disservice where there's so much of a narrative of Alabama and Clemson there and sticking them at one and two. They well, they likely deserve it, but in the same breath, it steals away from the other teams who could potentially be in the one and two, because at the end of the season, I feel like there's a push to make sure that those one and two guys stay in the top. Yeah. Two. I mean, it's part uh, of it because I'll, I'll you make, look uh, at say, Clemson, if they lose the first week to Texas A&M, they're already number one. How far do you think they're really going to drop six, seven, eight, maybe they're still going to be in the top 10. And then they scream through their schedule where they don't play anybody ranked. I don't think the rest of the year, and finish still in the top four and go to the playoff. Whereas if they would have not been ranked, start ranking teams right. in the fourth or fifth week and they lose a game in the first week, they're not even going to be ranked in the top ten. I mean, it's different ways to look at it. Correct? Yeah, the, the later you get in the season, the more punishing a loss is. One yeah. loss is not you know, – a loss in week two is not the same as a loss in week 12. Right, even though they're both one loss, they're not, you know, it's, it just gets heavier the later you get, I think. Oh, definitely. Like Georgia last year. Yeah, exactly. Jay, what about you? Absolutely agree with that. Like Alabama being put up um, in the top. The first four games of the Alabama football season this year are Duke at Alabama, New Mexico State, who used to be in the Sun Belt at Alabama. Alabama has to go on the road to play a conference opponent in South Carolina who's unranked and Southern Miss at Alabama. So Alabama's most likely, we would all suspect, going to skate through all of those games, maybe have a little bit of a competition for a quarter and a half with South Carolina and then go in the conference play ready to kill. And they'll be the number two team. And then the first ranked opponent they'll play will be week six versus – Texas A&M, if Texas A&M can keep up what we think they're supposed to do. So teams like people always say that, you know, there's an SEC bias by ESPN and stuff like that, but they are definitely blessed in a way with them being able to ride through the SEC conference and then getting that week, I think it's the week 11 break in the SEC where they play a mid-November game against Whoever it is this year, the South Carolina Week 11 game is against App State, so they don't get a week off. But there is definitely a level of um, bias given to those teams at the top where they're able to slide around a lot more, seeing as though they can have one tough game in the first four and slide on for a couple of weeks. And I think an interesting point about is, for instance, South Carolina, because I I just kind of normally know they play Alabama this year. They play Appalachian State, who is an up-and-coming and noticeable team, and then they play Clemson at the end. Now, say South Carolina beats Alabama and has a, a tough game but pulls out one against App State and loses to Clemson. 
Like where and but then the rest of the season they just they 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 do what they're supposed to do. They win the ones they're supposed to win, and maybe they lose one in one or two in there. Like how how would they they compare because they start the season as an unranked team? Uh, uh, I'll go first because I know he. I mean, it'd probably personally attached. You know, be top twenty ish, something like that. I mean, I don't think being being unranked with the tough schedule they have, I don't think it matters that matters that much. The more, the more with the rankings situation, it's more of how far you're going to drop. But say, say for instance, this this is not going to happen. But say Sakon went undefeated, lost the last game against Clemson, that would be the scenario where you're talking about where it would hurt them and not have them in the top four. But, Which is wild, right? Which wouldn't you think is amazing? That yeah, right? That that doesn't make any sense because if they ran the table. <laughs> and well, they just only lost the Clemson. That, that would be you know, amazing Alabama that they don't make the, the top go, four. Oh, yeah, but they played in the SEC. But then I don't think South Carolina would get that exact – and I know the schedules aren't apples to apples, but I don't think they would get the exact same. Yeah, well, they were in the table in the SEC, oh, but they lost. You know what I mean? I think it would be more damning to them simply because people go, oh, they're not as good, even if they did run the table. You're correct. They would use – well, Alabama's in the SEC West. They're the tougher division, even though – I think Sakana's schedule currently is ranked number one by ESPN. Uh, they get the top yes. teams in the country. Well, they open up with the yeah, top. Yeah, South right? Carolina has an extremely hard um, schedule. They play Carolina to start off the year. I believe that one's at a neutral site. That's then they get Alabama week three. They get Kentucky week five. Then they go to Georgia. Then they get Florida at home. That'll be no – Florida's ranked top – 10, I think, right now in preseason polls. Then they're going to play App State for their week 11, which is supposed to be the SEC off week. And then they get Texas A&M at Texas A&M and then Clemson at South Carolina. If they run the table on that schedule and don't make top four, we're going to have to talk. Because, <laughs> oh, my goodness, that is a hard schedule. It is, but there's always, the again, the if you're supposed to be good, they won't let the conference championship punish you. But if you're not that good, even if you win it, they don't let it really be a reward, right? That, that's true, but we're saying if they can beat that schedule and then win the SEC East, they meet Alabama in the SEC championship game, and by an act of God, they beat Alabama twice. Yeah, yeah. If they don't, if they don't make top four, then we <laughs> yeah. don't have to call the committee. I'll call them on South Carolina's behalf. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. You know what? I'm a I'm a Carolina fan, but you know what? I'll, I'll you catch me into that phone call. I'd have to back on that. But that is that is just batshit insanity. But even if let's say they beat Alabama the first time, they run the table, they lose the conference championship. Then I agree. But then do you think people? It still oh, be they, they still yeah. should be in the top do you four. Think they give them the, the Dennis Green, and they go, see, we they are who they thought we thought they were, right? And they yeah, go, I think that would be the case. Maybe yeah, I think that should be in instead. You know, that's fair. We've seen that before. Yeah. Um, if Notre Dame Independent Conference <laughs> Notre Dame gets in over South Carolina to beat Bama, we're gonna have to talk. <laughs> so, so in a, in a, another scenario, say South Carolina loses to Alabama, which I mean, it, 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 I mean, they shocked them before, but say they lose to them, and then they run the table and beat Clemson at the end, an undefeated <laughs> Clemson. Do they make the bowl game because they start the season unranked? Uh, mm. With nine straight wins going into the SEC championship. So imagine they they and and yeah, like do do they do they do they get in the top four? Because I feel like that's the top you lose to Alabama, who you were supposed to lose to, and then you run the table and you beat the other ranked teams you're supposed to beat. And you beat Clemson. Yep. Who, if they're undefeated at that time, depends, would be number it one. Depends on what Ohio State and go into the SEC title. Like how? <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> so, but this is why I feel like the preseason polls are are, are terrible, and you should wait until well, the, the conference play bad. starts. It's a bad system in general, right? Um, it's it's a little better than it was. At least. It, it, at least they have to play a game to win a title now, right? That it's not just newspaper writers going, you know what? Army really was good this year. Uh, 
It's it, and the reason I think that is because I remember I think was it last year App last State year. had a really really good season, or it was the year before, and I think they only and they only had like and, and they should have been in a um a BCS yeah, last year App State and they didn't made get the poll. I'm not sure what week it was. I want to say week eight, and they were playing their rival Georgia Southern on the road as they entered the top twenty five, and they got smacked on the road. Their starting quarterback went down in the first series, but they got smacked on the road, and that was the end of their poll hopes. Yeah, it's kind of the it's it's the opposite of the Eli Manning effect, right? You you get you get credit based on your name. Um, they didn't get enough. He probably gets too much, right? It's, 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 it's brand recognition. Fair enough. <laughs> was it the pen? Yeah, was it the Penn State game last year? The Appalachian State should have won. That they kind of gave it away at the end. When yeah, the, the overtime game at Penn State. Yeah, that was the season opener. Yeah, and that, dude, I, I watched. I watched the end of that. That was exciting. I just think it's unfair because, in the sense of, uh, I just think it. What it does is, in the history of polls. Has a team ever not ranked in the top twenty-five finished in the top five to end yeah, the season um, if they ran the table? I don't know. Was was when LSU got left out of the national championship? I mean, well, I guess they were ranked preseason pretty high. Well, the Southern Cal Oklahoma game was that the? I think that man, that's a great question. I don't. Somebody outside the twenty-five ran the table, unless unless it was unless it was UCF the first time, right? You know what? Undefeated probably. But did they not. finish they in the top five? Did. Heck, it, it may have been uh, Auburn all the way back with Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown when yeah. they went undefeated and didn't make the national title. I don't and know if they started outside the top 25, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. It might have been one of those Boise State teams that went with I, Kellen I just, Winslow. Ooh, Kellen, may Kellen, have been. Kellen Winslow, a very different guy. Really? Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore, yes, <laughs> not Kellen Winslow. Kellen yes. Moore would not appreciate the comparison. <laughs> yeah, he would be very upset right now. <laughs> yeah, yes, Kellen Moore. It might have been one of those teams because I know they were coming out every week and giving somebody a hard time, and they ended up pretty high in the polls. They even went to a Fiesta Bowl one year, so it might have been one of those teams. Yeah, they 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 came out of nowhere to 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 be really good, but um. Or one of the – did they run the table, though? I think that, that was the question, right? Out of the top 25 and ran the table? All right. Yeah, they, they – they, I think they went undefeated for two seasons. Well, no, they – No, they – I remember them the Boise State. losing, like, the nope. first game of the year the, the next year after winning that Oklahoma Fiesta Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't remember who. Ah, yeah, you're right. You're but right. But they they pretty much went undefeated one year and lost one game the next year. And it, but it's amazing because they ran the table and they made a BCS. Bowl. I remember but Hawaii I going undefeated one year, and not even five, being top eight or ten. Oh yeah, was that like Colt Brennan or somebody was there? Yeah, still like June Jones coaching. Yeah. Yep. And then they played Georgia the following year, the first game, and got whipped. Yeah, and didn't they – was it the next year that they played? It might have been – was it them in Oklahoma or somebody in Fiesta Bowl and Hawaii got absolutely smacked? Yeah, I think so. Let's see that. And I, I just think that's an advocation that the polls are actually hurting teams with potential because people don't even notice those teams. I'm not saying that Hawaii should have been in the national title game or Boise State should have been. But, I mean, at least let them get punched in the face by a powerhouse, you know, in the, in the playoff. So you can say, hey, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. You earned I'd rather this see that than right? watching uh, Clemson beat Ohio State 31 nothing. At least we gave another team a shot. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, you know, the thing is that speaking of Ohio State, like, I, I – I think Matt mentioned the Big Ten. The Big Ten, I, I, I mean, they put players in the pros. I give them credit for that. But, I mean, as a football conference, I'm not really impressed with them because every time they're called to the carpet, 
to to show that they are top tier quality, they get embarrassed. So I'm I'm confused on why they have such a push for wanting to be included in the it's, the playoffs. The does does anyone know? I, I'll let tradition. Matt start this one. And Michigan and Ohio State are traditionally good, right? So then that means the and they're they're in the same conference and they've been around forever and they put guys in the pros, therefore they are good. Whereas you have a team like like I referenced him earlier, like my buddy that played at Pitt, right? He played on a team with, with Revis and Larry Fitzgerald and some of the, like, um, Flacco was there, right, for a little bit. And, you know, they put tons of guys in the pro, Jeff Ota, um, all on the same roster. But, you know, that, that doesn't, you know, necessarily a good college football team make, right? And, and so I think, I, I think it's, yeah, they put guys right. in the pros and they're traditionally good. And Jay would, Therefore, oh, their conference right. is good. I guess their argument would be that Jay, what do you they think? just don't want to be left out of a playoff that includes two teams from one conference. They And since the Pac-12 has been so far behind the, the other Power Five conferences, they want to be included instead of Clemson getting the go and everybody complaining about how weak their schedule was and Alabama getting the go with one loss and everybody complaining about how weak their schedule was. And then last year, they don't have to worry about Georgia getting in because Alabama shuts them down and gets in there. But they, I guess their argument is that they don't want to see two teams from one conference when they're getting left out and Ohio State's killing somebody in the Big Ten tournament, in the Big Ten championship in Indianapolis every year. I mean, I think it's a lot to do also. And Al, what do you think? You know, with you know, the clicks on the web pages and how popular Ohio State and Michigan are. I mean, you got the Desmond Howards and the uh, um, I can't even think of his name, Kirk Herbstreets on on air that are pumping Michigan and Ohio State every year. So even if they lose to a Purdue by fifty points, they're still going to be pumped up. Well, they only had one loss; they should still go over a one loss Georgia team that didn't win their championship against Alabama. You know. Right. So I'm going to uh, close up with this one, and I think it's it, it, it's intentionally done because it's about clicks right so the top the 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 top five right now is clemson alabama ohio uh, no i'm sorry that's the wrong one clemson alabama georgia oklahoma ohio state which one of the five drops out of there and which one do you think uh are the final two so i'll Mm. let i'll let uh jay start well if i had to pick final two i'm gonna stick with clemson and alabama i think they've kind of proven they're the they're the top dogs in college football as of right now. I don't think anybody's going to be knocking Clemson around anytime soon with Trevor Lawrence for the next two years and the defensive line that they have. And Nick Saban being who he is in Alabama, I don't think they're going to have too much trouble. So if I had to say one of the teams I was going to knock out of the top five, I guess I'd go with Oklahoma just because we're going to – we're pretty much putting Oklahoma in the top five thinking that, Jalen Hurts is going to do amazing things at Oklahoma, but we have never seen him in that type of offense before because they're an air raid, get the ball down the field. They are not a nickel and dime offense like Alabama is that's just going to run up your gut and throw one skip pass, you know, for 20 yards every once in a while. So we're definitely going to get a different look out of him this year in Oklahoma. So if I had to pick one, I'd say the other four are pretty consistent. I'd say Oklahoma. Okay. And, Al, what do you think? So who would you see as the final two and who drops out of that top five? I would go with Alabama and Clemson as well. Just if you look at Clemson's schedule, they they could slip up against one of the two ranked teams they play and still win their championship easily and make the top two, make the final four. And then I would go with Ohio State knocking them out because they have a new quarterback that transferred from Georgia that only played, you know, a couple games and sparingly last year for Georgia, so you don't really know what he's going to be. I, okay. I just think I just think that Ohio State's going to drop it, drop down. All right, and Matt, what do you think? The top two out of that, and who drops out? Um, so the top two are going to be UCF. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's Bama <laughs> Clemson, right? I mean, it's I know it's a boring pick. It's chalk, but I mean, it's they've like you said they've they've earned that. Um, no one yet has really kind of shown that they're going to knock one of those two off. Um, I, I think the one that drops, I don't trust Ohio State, even though they're, 
you know, they they don't play in a super strong conference. Um, and I've got a lot of faith. Yeah, and now, I don't have a lot of faith necessarily in Jalen Hurts because, agreed, he hadn't played in that type. However, he was good enough to get recruited. Even though Alabama doesn't tend to recruit great quarterbacks um, as far as, you know, to develop to go to the next level or to really sling it a whole lot, um, Oklahoma does. You know, back-to-back Heisman winners, I know they've been very, very talented players and athletes, but um, it's not like Hurts is bad. And so it's, it seems like, you know, Oklahoma's coaching staff gets those guys, and, and every game in the Big 12 is a track meet anyway, right? Um, and so they're, they're going to score points. And because people love to see points get scored, that's I think that, that tips the voters a little bit when they can say, you know, they might say, well, they gave up, you know, 35 a game, but they scored 60 a game. Oh, they are good, right? Um, so, I think I think Ohio State falls out. I think Oklahoma stays in. But I think, that, again, it comes down to Alabama and Clemson. And I'm going to actually, based on listening to you, I'm going to come with the contrary of I think Georgia and Oklahoma will be the final two. And I actually think – Ohio State, as agreed in the consensus, basically. Uh, I think it was one that was different that will drop out. Uh, for some reason, something about Georgia uh, it, it being under the radar but on the radar and Oklahoma, I think the Jalen Hurts thing matters, and I think he'll perform to the contrary of that, and you have a an ugly, maybe ugly uh, national title game between Oklahoma and Georgia, and I think it will ruin everyone's minds. It will blow it all up. So I, I'm like the joker in this, and I'm uh, searching for chaos. I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so parody in college football? <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, I thank you so much for the, uh, for the conversation and the insights and – uh, hopefully we get to do something like this again. Hopefully um, uh, I, I get in a better spot for my Wi-Fi to work better. I really appreciate it. I appreciate Al you being here representing the SEC in South Carolina. I appreciate Jay being here representing the App State and the Journalists of America. And I appreciate Matt being here representing the University of North Carolina and High School of America. So with that, um, I thank you, and I will talk to all of you guys in the very near future. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Lou, enjoyed it, man. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I just wanted to make sure I addressed something that I listened to as I was going through the editing process and checking for things. Uh, First, uh, I'm aware of the the delays that existed in some of the calls. This was the first call uh, that I did, uh, the first group podcast that I did in this way. So it was an interesting learning experience. The conversation was still excellent. uh, And we'll keep getting better like that's the purpose of doing these things is trying and and knowing that hey this works this doesn't work but what did work was the content of the podcast was absolutely stellar and I look forward to you joining me on the podcast and definitely appreciate anything you do for sharing it and also listening so uh thanks for listening to the podcast